0: Tillem dot com The podcast about pop culture, black history and spirituality. Yeah, it's about to be a great vibe. Dr. Tip, gon' take it away. Till 'em tip told you. It's your girl tip. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell 'em Tip Told You. I'm so excited you're here with me. Uh, today, I got some stuff I want to talk about. I just want to talk about civic literacy and engagement. Um, I want to talk about white mediocrity and imposter syndrome. And then I want to tell you about some sacred self care that I got going on. Um, so let's just jump right in, shall we? So, you know, I live in Georgia. Y'all know that. Can we talk about how stupid my state is right now? Why is everything open? Why are tattoo parlors open? Listen, I'm not going to jump into the conspiracy theory stuff, but I do want us to be paying attention to the fact that now politicians aren't even hiding the fact that they privilege economics above human life. That is extremely problematic. Um, but, I'm, you know, I'm glad that the veil is being um, pulled back. There are those of us, particularly those of us who uh, see ourselves as black studies scholars or diaspora studies scholars or what have you. We've been preaching this forever and people have been, you know, kind of rolling their eyes at us. Let me tell y'all, if you want to know what's going on, go look at some black books that came out in the 80s and 90s. Hell, even earlier than that, you had black scholars and, and scholar activists writing about the problems in the system that are now being revealed. Some of us just simply weren't paying attention. Um, and I don't know if not paying attention was um, us wanting to just keep our heads in the sand because it's a lot of shit to deal with. You know, to deal with. You know James Baldwin has that famous quote, and I'm just going to paraphrase that to be relatively conscious in the United States is to be in a constant state of rage, right? If you're paying attention, you've been angry for a while. And it's something about this period for some of us where I'm not angry. It's, it's almost, um, I think we're witnessing death of empire in a certain kind of way. Because when this COVID stuff is over, y'all, we really can create what it is we need. And we really can't. Excessive capitalism, I think we're seeing its various weaknesses, American exceptionalism, I think that myth is gone. If you're paying attention, that myth is gone. Um, and so it's facing, it's causing us to face a lot of things that we have wanted to ignore for a long time. But again, the answers are in the scholarship. I mean, every every seminal uh, Black Studies scholar that we've studied collectively, then, you know, they were saying the same things that are now being revealed. And I just want us to be paying attention to that, Right. Um, Kemp did what he thought Trump wanted him to do. And we also see how white supremacy is so willing to throw people under the bus because, you know, Trump, I'm not even going there, but let's talk about white mediocrity. Let let, let me say this. In educational scholarship, there is a scholar, his last name is Laboree, um, who writes about the purposes of American schooling. I love that article. I teach it every semester. um, but in it, he talks about how the quote unquote crisis of U.S. schooling, and he, he, he's like tongue in cheek because he thinks that the crisis is largely manufactured because we don't have a consensus on what the purpose of U.S. education is. But he talks about how um, there are three main camps around what schooling is supposed to do. And they fluctuate from school being a public good to a private good. Now, I'm not going to completely nerd out on you right now, but I will say that he argues that there are some of us, myself included, that believe that the purpose of U.S. public education, in part, is to develop informed voters who make good decisions about leadership. And the reason that's considered a public good is because all of us right, live the consequences of what voters choose. Now, let me say, (laughs) if white mediocrity ain't on full display right now, I don't know what he is. Right. I'm looking at Kemp. Now, we do know that he probably stole the election in Georgia. Right. But there were people who voluntarily voted for him. That's problematic. And we know there were, although there are, you know, inconsistencies around Trump's election. um, There were people that voted for him, black people that voted for him. And then did y'all see the, the interview with Anderson Cooper and the mayor of Las Vegas? Listen, if white mediocrity ain't on full display, y'all, we are seeing what happens when uninformed voters choose white mediocrity. Now, there are all kinds of reasons why they might be making those choices, white supremacy included. Um, but nonetheless, they have chosen white mediocrity, and we are all suffering as a result of it. Because it had become so normalized, how did somebody vote for that lady in Las Vegas? How, like two words out of mouth, you know she's a bumbling idiot, or on some kind of substance, or both. It's um, it, oh my gosh, y'all. So. <laughs> That made me think about the importance of civic education in our country. Like, we have got to get people. And I'm, you know, white supremacists who are happily white supremacists. I'm not even referencing them. I do believe in my heart they are outnumbered. Um, but, so, so them aside, right? I think we have to figure out how to get our communities civically engaged. There are far too many black folk that simply aren't voting. Or they're vo- voting foolishly, like that whole hashtag ADOS, who believes in voting down the ballot and all kinds of just crazy stay-at-home rhetoric. You know, just we got to deal with black people though who are just apathetic because they don't know any better or they're distrustful of the system. And there are lots of reasons to be distrustful, but but many of us know better, and we have to do our part to make sure black folk are civically engaged. And so I wanted to just throw this out there. If anybody wants to work with me, I'm currently working on developing like a a parents and me type civic engagement uh, course. It will be largely developed online. I'm sorry, housed online. I don't really want a whole huge cost associated with it. So if I can get some sponsors, I'd love to offer it for free. but if you have some information you would want to share, you want to help me develop these modules, please make sure you hit me up at Dr. Tip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. I'll put the um, address in the show notes. Also, you can always hit me up at admin at pogueeducationalconsulting.com. I know that's a long email address. I'll put it in the show notes. But I do want us to be thinking about how we come together and create information for our communities so that we can figure out how to overcome this current situation of being run by white mediocrity, right? There's, there, it's too much at stake, right? In the 60s and 70s, we had freedom schools. We still have freedom schools. I don't want us to, to act like those things don't exist anymore, but they're not as popular as they once were. And I really want us to be thinking about how we supplement our students' education so that generations from now, they're not going through this bullshit. Okay, that's all I want to say about that. I do. Again, I because I want to put my my effort where my mouth is. I am working on developing those modules. Um, So if you want to join me, please hit me up again. The information is in the show notes. But I want to go back to this concept of white mediocrity. I was having a conversation with one of my friends the other day, and he said he wished on everybody. And you probably have heard me say this. We wish upon everyone the confidence of a white mediocre man. Like the, they have such confidence when Trump talks he really believes he's intelligent when he's telling people very dangerously to about injecting disinfectant <laughs> listen, he thinks he's a genius now of course, now he's saying that he was trying to be sarcastic, but come on, y'all, y'all saw what happened. You saw what happened, and we're we're dealing with um the consequences of having someone like that in power. And it's just, oh, my gosh, y'all. So let's let's do what we can <laughs> to, to make sure our people are informed. But also, we have got to deal with this um, white mediocrity, right? The confidence that they have. We got to let them know they're stupid more regularly. But on top of that, I was thinking, when I was thinking about that white mediocrity, I was also thinking about black folks, suffering from imposter syndrome now you've heard me talk about this on the podcast before but many of us are insecure about what it is we offer the world in terms of our gifts and our talents and i had an epiphany this week that i want to share with you now if you caught the free training on ig live um friday then you heard me talk about shifting our mindset from being consumers to producers and here is what i was saying because it ties into this imposter syndrome right? We, black folk, are inherently producers. We create. This is what we have historically done. We create culture. We create art. We create beauty. We create all kinds of things. We're quite innovative. If you watch TikTok, that's the whole world trying to emulate what black folk can create, right? That's a whole nother story. Anyway, Um, black folk are geniuses in that and we are producers and creators by nature here's the problem because we live in an excessive capitalist driven society that is also um, white supremacist in origin and um, patriarchal by design we have had to shift from being primarily producers and creators to being consumers Here's what I mean. Because of the current economic environment, many of us have to focus on jobs so that we can consume the things we need to live, right? I got to have a job because I got to eat. And because I'm not growing anything, i.e. producing or creating, I have to go to Publix. That costs money. And because I have to drive to Publix, I need gas. That costs money. You know, so what I'm saying is because we live in the society that we live in, many of us have had to shift our mindsets around being consumers, which means we are driven by the need to make money, right? I'm not putting any judgment there right now. I'm just saying this is the nature of the beast. We have become consumers by design. The problem is that our cultural pull is still towards creation. And so many of us, I think, this is just Tiffany talking, I think for many of us that imposter syndrome comes from being insecure about being a consumer. Because we know there's a part of us that knows that's not our natural existence. Right? And we're, doing, we're dealing with insecurities that say, in this system, now I'm talking about subconsciously, we're dealing with insecurities that say, because I have not amassed millions, billions, etc., I'm somehow inferior to those who seem to have produced millions, billions, etc., or even thousands. Right? Rather than concentrating on, on building, producing, and creating, we're concentrating on competing with one another in a capitalist way. That is where the imposter syndrome comes from. I believe. And I believe if we can just shift our thinking a little bit from that of a consumer to that of a producer slash creator, we can remove some of this. Because here's the reality. If I shift my thinking towards my creation and my production, can't nobody compete with Tiffany. Now, lots of people can con- compete with Tiffany With money. There are a lot of people that make a whole lot more money than me. But when I think about how I write in my voice, can't nobody else do that shit. Can't nobody else write like Tiffany because there's only one Tiffany. You see how that slight shift in the thinking from me being driven by my ability to consume to my ability to create changes. Because an artist, a real artist, an artist at heart is not competing with other artists. They're just creating their art, right? It's, it's the people who want to consume the art that might pit artists against each other. But artists themselves, I just want to produce what my heart tells me to produce, what spirit tells me to produce, right? So I think part of confronting our imposter syndromes is getting to that shift that happens between a consumer's mindset, and a producer's mindset. I'm not going to go much more into that because y'all should have been in Friday's training on IG. If you're not already following me on Instagram, make sure you go follow at Tiffany D PhD. But all that being said, I just want us to, to really tackle that imposter syndrome by figuring out where it is we're putting our energy behind being able to consume more or behind being able to produce more. I've lied. Let me keep going. So (laughs) part of that shift means protecting the time it is that you use to create, right? And and here's what I mean about creation. It doesn't have to be, some of us are writers, so we're creating text. But it doesn't have to be some best-selling novel or self-development text. It just might be your blog. It might be your journal. But you're creating something that the universe can look at you and say, yes, he or she is creating what's supposed to be created. He shared that. Right, Uh, it might be that you're gardening, that you're uh, many of us now are looking to plant um, fruits and vegetables in our yards. You're creating something when you do that, right? Um, If you, some of us, I was talking one of the sisters on the live the other day is an event planner. She creates beauty for people, right? Events to help celebrate people's milestones. That's that's an act of creation. And let me, did you, did y'all see Kirk Franklin's smile remix? That's an act of creation, of production. And I truly believe when we, when we center into our gifts, when we lean into those talents that we have and we produce things, we give other people joy. We give other people joy. And not only do we give other people joy, we give other people room to also create and produce. I don't know how I got there. I just wanted to share that with you. Y'all go look for that Kirk Franklin. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Y'all go look for that Kirk Franklin video, and I dare you not to feel joy while you listen. Um, Today is a a short one. I really didn't have a lot to talk about. I really just wanted to put out that call to you. If you want to help me develop these civic um, engagement modules, make sure you hit me up. I also wanted to talk about being an informed voter, y'all. If you live in the state of Georgia, then you've got the, um, now that's one good thing that Georgia did do was they sent out the applications um, for absentee ballots. Make sure you you don't even have to e- mail it back physically. You know you can just take a screenshot and email that application back. Make sure you do that so you can vote in the primary here in Georgia. You know, it was pushed back because of coronavirus stuff. But we need to be voting. We need to be engaged. Let me say something else about voting and that, that mayor in Las Vegas. Don't forget the power of local politics. That is where you can have the most input, the most voice. And actually, local politics is what shapes most of your daily existence. So pay attention. Be informed. Vote. Let's share information with each other. Let's shift our thinking from that of a consumer to a producer. And y'all make sure you're following the website. www.tellemtiptoldyou.com Sign up for the newsletter so that you can get information and such and such and such and such. Um, I think that's it, y'all yeah, I really think that's it y'all have a wonderful wonderful day tell them to told you today's episode of tell them to told you is brought to you by the freshman boot camp the freshman boot camp is an online course designed to help first-year college students make the adjustment to college life and be successful you can learn more at www.pogeducationalconsulting.com we'll put a link in the show notes for you